comfortable are you with building new relationships? Our comfort levels depend on many factors, including our personality types, how safe we feel connecting with others, the forums we use to connect, and a big part of how comfortable we feel depends on how we think about what it means to build relationships. My guest this week, Ingrid Goldblum Block, is one of the best relationship builders I know. Here, she and I talk about how to shift the way we think about relationship building so that we can work through self-doubt and other barriers to connect more meaningfully with those around us. We also discuss practical tips you can use to reach out to others. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. My name is Kim Menninger, and as an executive coach and former high-tech leader, my personal mission is to help professionals overcome imposter syndrome so that you can advance your career with confidence. Each week, I interview a new guest who brings a powerful perspective to this conversation, including personal stories, best practices, and new insights. The more we talk about this issue, the more we destigmatize imposter syndrome, recognize that we're not alone, and empower ourselves to access the tools and resources that can help us and those around us. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing with others you think would benefit from this conversation. Welcome, Ingrid. It is so wonderful to talk to you again. I've been looking forward to our conversation for a long time, and I would love to start by inviting you to introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show, Kim. And as you mentioned, we've been talking about this for a long time. So I am the Director of Career Development and Engagement at a 300-person public accounting and consulting firm. I also am the owner of Mosaic Careers, which helps people basically feel better about their careers, whether it's managing a toxic boss, toxic work situation, managing some sort of transition within work or in an unexpected layoff or into some other position, helping people who know what they want to do get to that next level uh, more quickly and efficiently, finding those jobs, marketing themselves. And my sweet spot is helping people who have no idea what to do next manage the stories they tell themselves. I'm too old to make a career change. Uh, The market's too tough. Uh, I should have started this a long time ago. I need to go back to school. Really identify what it is that they're meant to do, help them align their passions with uh, the industry and help them land those jobs. And that's such a a really well-timed role to play because we are in this moment, I think, Certainly the pandemic brought a lot of this to the surface. We've all heard about the great resignation, the great reshuffle, whatever you want to call it. People are making all kinds of different decisions about their careers right now. And I think there's been no better time to really stop and evaluate, am I doing what I want to be doing? Uh Does this feel right to me? Uh And so I just think it's really great to have people out there that can be guides through this process, because to your point, all that negative chatter it's easy to to assume it's fact until you actually start talking through it with somebody and you realize like, mm-hmm. oh, actually, there are more possibilities here than I thought there were. Yeah. And I'm going to add that there's this time, right? There's There's times in our lives, junctures where these questions come up. So sometimes it's something like COVID, where we were all put into a new work situation and having to reevaluate. Sometimes it's an unexpected layoff. Uh, or a fam- something personal that happens in your family that throws you off your 
linear plan. Sometimes it's turning a certain age. I thought I'd be here by now. And sometimes you're happily going along and suddenly there's a new manager, new leadership, and just all the hard work you've done is seen through new eyes and not appreciated the same way. And you suddenly find yourself in a toxic work environment. So sometimes it's money related. There's all these junctures that will happen. And if they haven't happened yet, they will, where people stop and pause to say, am I really where I need to be, where I want to be? And that's when, why I was so excited to be on your show, Kim, is where that chatter starts. And there's so much chatter that needs and this that stops us from really living our full potential. Absolutely. And one thing I want to take a moment to talk about is something that you came and talked to my Thursday now leading humans group. You talked about the portfolio career, which I think is a really interesting concept in this day and age. I think many of us think in either or terms, like either uh-huh. I'm going to do this or I'm going to stay where I am. It, it doesn't we don't necessarily see the opportunity to do multiple things at once. Obviously, you're an example of that. You mentioned working for one organization, having your own business too. Can you say a little bit more about the concept of a portfolio career? Sure. So we diversify our money if, if we have money. <laughs> Sometimes there's times where we have more than others, but it, it's a concept that you don't keep all your money in just one location. You might have some bonds, you might have some stocks for long-term planning, you might have your check checking account, whatever is happening in your life, you want to spread out the risk. And part of having a portfolio career from a one thought is that you're spreading out the risk in the sense that you have multiple income streams. Some are very low income streams, but it's something maybe that you really enjoy or you're building up a skill set. But what it does is it expands your network. So for example, you might be a professor or a teacher. And on the side, people are always asking you to proofread their kids' essays. And you just do it out of generosity. Well, you could start monetizing that. And then suddenly you have a portfolio career. You are a full-time teacher with an getting paid to do editing or maybe some college counseling on the side. You might really enjoy being outdoors. And I know, I actually know a VP career development person who loves cleaning houses and she cleans two houses. So talk about the thoughts that go on in your head, right? You shouldn't be cleaning houses if you have a master's degree. She loves it because there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And she Mm -hmm. actually sees um, the fruits of her labor. So, Back to the portfolio career, it's really a way to build skills in a variety of areas, uh, expand your network into more than just one place. So you can start building the portfolio career by volunteering. Let's say you're um, a finance person, but really wanted to be an event planner. You don't know where to get started. Maybe you volunteer for a nonprofit and you volunteer to be on the events committee. So you start building those skills, meeting people, planning events, and somebody one day says, hey, can you help me plan my kid's bar mitzvah or wedding? And suddenly you have that little income stream. So in my long-winded way, a portfolio career is um, a collection of income-producing or skill-producing activities that together make up your career. 
And really the premise is you are your own business. You are the CEO of your own life and you are leasing out your skills, maybe full time to an organization, um, to these other things. But it's really an identity shift, too. So you're not hanging up your identity just in one area. I have a, a podcast webinars on building a portfolio career. So if any of the listeners are interested in this concept, I'd be happy to send you some pre-recorded videos that I've done or additional information on to go deep because I could spend an hour and a half on this topic. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And so I have, yeah. we'll put those in the show notes for anybody who okay, wants great. to go deeper. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ingrid, you and I met because we were connected through mutual contact. And I want to shift gears now and talk about relationship building because that is, in my mind, your superpower, right? So you and I met, we had this conversation, and then you have just been this amazing source of new connections for me and opportunities. And we, you know, we've been talking about diversifying each other's networks. And so this is something that I don't want to put words in your mouth, but think comes more naturally to you than it might come to other people. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with relationship building, how you see it? And and we'll just kind of talk a little bit more about how others can learn from you. Uh, I can. And here's a perfect uh, segue into appearances and how you see somebody, right? You see me as the relationship building expert where it comes naturally and what's really going on in my head, which is the chatter. So I'm going to give your listeners a um, look inside my head, which is when I met you, Kim, and I was awed, right? Here's this person that has built out a huge network, and she has her Thursday group, and she has a podcast, and I really wanted to talk to you. And the thought in my head was, why would she talk to me? She's to fill in whatever blank you want. I have them all accomplished. She's she's going to be um, has too many demands on her time. I'm I don't really have anything to talk to her about. All I knew is I thought you were cool and I wanted to talk to you. So part of this is that I'm constantly constantly battling the stories in my head, which are oh, don't do this, or you'll be to this, whatever it is, being too much, not being enough, um, that even though I'm a career professional, I've been at this over 20 years, I also have my master's in counseling psychology, I've done my own therapy, it still happens. I'm a woman in society battling this. So step one, yes, I'm an extrovert. Yes, the appearances are, it comes easily to me. It doesn't always. When it does come easy, and it doesn't matter if it's an extrovert or an introvert, is when I meet somebody that I connect with, and I then um, force myself a little bit to then say, wow, I really like this person. I'm going to take it to the next level. And I think 90% of people, maybe 95% of people have the, that was a fun conversation, or I really like that person. And then the chatter starts and they never go to that next level. Mm -hmm. So I think my superpower is, is really, I fight my chatter to take things to the next level. So I told you earlier, when we were getting ready for this uh, conversation, if I could get paid to network and help people build relationships all day long, that's what I would do. So 
I think that people think about networking and relationship building as their worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Going into a professional association meeting by yourself with all these strangers. And I think that's the worst way to network. Instead, whenever you're in a um, group situation, I seek out that one person. I might not even seek them out. I might just be listening and I hear them. And I think that is somebody I want to get to know better. Then I race home. (laughs) And then in the comfort of my own home, I'll reach out through LinkedIn or email to say, I I heard you speaking on the panel, or I met you briefly at fill in the blank. And I was wondering if you'd be open to a follow-up conversation. One of the things I'm finding, especially now that everything's gone online, is doing the exact same thing if you're in a uh, webinar where they do breakout rooms, reach out afterwards to somebody that was in your breakout room. So I've done that too, where I didn't even speak to the person, but I said, I I happened to be in a breakout room with you. I really found what you talked about interesting. And I was wondering if you'd be open to having a follow-up conversation. The worst they could do is not respond or or say, I'm too busy. You're no worse off. So my advice um, for introverts or extroverts is if you want to build a network, you start by developing a relationship with just one person. And that one person is somebody you already are interested in. And then you go deep with that person. And through natural conversation will come the give and take of what can I do next or how can I help you? Um, And so I think no matter what, if it's a... It could be somebody at work that you in a different department that you're interested in. Maybe you want to move over to the marketing department. Who is in the marketing department that you might have passed in the lunchroom or seen seen at a company outing? You could reach out and just say, I know we've never had the opportunity to have a, a proper conversation. Any chance you'd be up for a virtual coffee? I'd really like to hear more about what you do and get to know you better. Um, So you can network internally. You can think about somebody that you haven't been back in touch with in your network from years back and say, wow, it's been, I can't believe it's been five years. Love to do a catch up. Or it could be something like us, Kim, where we were introduced. I can't remember how we initially were introduced, but being willing to do that follow-up one-on-one. So it's not about schmoozing. It's really about personal outreach. I think the other piece is not just sending these blanket, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn, but you're building a relationship from the moment you reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and say, I'd like to connect with you. So why do you want to connect with them? How do you know them? What do you want to do with that connection? I also have a a tips um, sheet that I actually just did for a talk that I'd be happy to share with anybody 10 tips for building your relationship capital. And I even ghostwrite some of those emails or LinkedIn requests to help you get started. So there's information out there. Uh, It's that thought that you have to say, I wonder where there's information or I wonder who I could connect with or I wonder how. And changing your thought tapes, right? Those negative tapes that you talk about, Kim, a lot, which it's very easy to say, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't or I should, write those stories, be a good little girl, stay in your lane, Mm -hmm. to I wonder who, I wonder how, I wonder if, which is really that design thinking framework. So I love 
everything that you just said. And I want to go back a bit to when you talked about the the messages that are going on in your head, because I yeah. think this is really important. And I'm so glad you shared that so honestly with us, because I think that sometimes we assume there are people who do this and people who don't, right? As opposed to the fact that there are intimidating moments for all of us, no matter how comfortable or uncomfortable we are with the idea of building relationships with people. I consider myself an extrovert. I love to build relationships, but there are definitely times when it comes more naturally to me than others. And there's also anxiety because as humans, we are afraid of rejection. We do not ever want to be rejected and we will go to great lengths to avoid that uh, possibility. And so it's easier to just tell ourselves the story that, oh, that person's too busy. Or if you had, if you had followed through on your thinking that like, oh, what would she want to talk to me about? Right. We wouldn't be having this conversation right right now. We wouldn't have developed the relationship that we have been developing. And so I think that just really recognizing where you may be prioritizing the need to protect yourself over the opportunity to connect more broadly with other people. Because to your point, the worst they can say, most people aren't going to respond and say, why the heck are you reaching out to me? Right. That's so inappropriate. What they're going to do is they're just not going to respond at all. And there could be any number of reasons for why they didn't do that. And to your point, you're no worse off than you were before that. I love what you said about prioritizing because at the end of the day, it's a choice but it means that you have to stop and know when it's going on in your head. So, right, there's that fight or flight response of protection that's just so automatic. I also think there's the stories of how we've grown up that are so automatic, which is don't be greedy. I'm, I'm thinking about, I teach something on salary negotiations, right? And the stories of there's a plate of cookies. Don't be greedy, just take one. Don't, better share the, the stories of how will I be perceived. So um, there's the stories of also don't be a bother, right? If, so depending on how you grew up, you might have some childhood trauma of being told stories, right? That you're a bother, you're taking up too much space or stay in, stay in your lane. I've, I've actually been told that um, through work before, work situations before. So you, you get told to be smaller sometimes. And it really comes down to, okay, do I want to continue this narrative or, oh, here it is again. That's more what I do. It's not, do I want to continue? It's like, oh, hello there. Now I have a choice to make. I can decide to keep it going or I can choose something different. But every single time it's a choice, right? And with that choice comes those feelings in your stomach or wherever they are and why I try to practice some deep breathing throughout the day, especially during those anxiety producing times, because that can sort of rewire your nervous system. So you're willing to take a risk. Absolutely. And I love the way that you describe the outreach, because I often think about when I'm talking with people during my presentations or workshops, I'm often talking about the internal networking, but it applies across the board this idea of connecting around three key things that have nothing to do with asking for anything, right? Number one is curiosity. You're Uh interesting to me. 
you seem to have an interesting story and I want to learn more. Uh Number two is respect. I respect you as a leader, as a human, right? Like I want to learn from you. I I see you as somebody who would be great. I mean, you don't have to use the word mentor, but right. Like Uh that's essentially what you're thinking of this person as. Uh Number three is gratitude. I'm grateful that we, that you support me and our work together. We're, you know, and I want to see how we can continue to collaborate or I want to just express my thanks. And so those three things, it's really hard for the person on the other end of that to say no to that. <laughs> First yeah. of all, they're, they're going to be thrilled. Who doesn't want to hear that? It's something that's so, it's, it's so, I often joke about how as humans, we we love talking about ourselves, right? Some more than others, but mm-hmm. you know, if you give people a, an opportunity to tell their story to somebody who actually cares, like that makes them feel seen in a way that they're probably not feeling seen. Even if they are senior level leaders right now, when was the last time somebody actually asked you about your day and, and cared what the response was, right? Well, I love that you're saying, especially, I have my own three too, uh, but it, it's very similar And the first one, of course, is curiosity, right? Leading with curiosity. And I think no matter what level you're talking to, whether it's a senior leader, somebody that you've never met, one of the best questions you can say is, what do you wish you could do more of in your job? Hmm. It allows the person to instantly connect with their happy place. They're going to love that question. And then you hear it and you either might be able to help them or you could say, I'd love to hear more about, you know, what would you like to do more of? And I don't, you either will have a solution or say, you know, I don't, I wish I had a contact to help you with that, but I'm early in my career, but I'm going to remember this. And when I come across something that might help you do more of what you want to do, I'm going to send it your way. Mm. So you're already leading with generosity and, um, which I think you said is your third Gratitude, yeah, gratitude, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, I love that. I, love I, my, I was thinking about who I was thinking more from a business perspective, uh, sales. So, if you want to get business, but I get business to me is also get a new job, get an internship, get a connection, get something from someone. Um, people from a sales perspective, buy from those they know, like, and trust. And so I was really doing a deep dive into, well, what makes you knowable? They can't know you if you're sitting at home watching Netflix. So how do you make yourself more knowable to others? And sometimes that means just changing your likes on social media to actual comments so people can read what you're saying and get to know you. Uh, The best way is what we were talking about, networking. Uh, building those relationships, what makes you likable. And one thing that makes you likable is spending more time talking about the other person than yourself, right? So what, what, what do you like about your job? What do you wish you could do more of? If somebody could come in and wave their magic wand and take away the thing that keeps you up at night, what is it? Maybe I, you know, what, what do you want off your plate? Asking those kinds of questions that show that you're being helpful makes you likable and I think trustworthy and part of trustworthy is following through on your commitments. So I find oftentimes people will start an outreach and then they don't follow through or somebody will give them information and then some life happens. Uh, maybe you get sick, maybe you have um, get overwhelmed at work, but then you don't follow up on 
your part of what you were going to do. And actually, Kim, you and I were just talking about this this morning because I wasn't as timely as I normally am with something. And I um, had a personal thing that I needed to attend to. But I made a point to share with Kim for the listeners that um, this is why I haven't been as responsive. It's out of character for me because I really care about being trustworthy and building that. So there's so many different ways to build relationships. And I don't know, people are looking for that formula, but really it's curiosity and being brave. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think one of the, there's a couple things that I want to talk about too, that tend to be either, I don't know what you would call them, barriers to what we're Uh talking about. Number one goes back to the generosity piece that you were talking about, because I think a lot of times we do inflate someone else in our mind as unworthy. Like we're not worthy of their time and attention. We don't have to offer. And and on the one hand, it's, I think it's a sign of good character to not want to just be entirely one-sided in a relationship. Like we all know those people we've gone to networking events where you can tell they're all they care about is selling you something, right? They don't right, care about right. you at all. On the other hand, I think a lot of the people that I know are so far in the opposite direction of feeling like I can't even take the first step until I identify something of value to offer to this person. But one mm-hmm. of the things that I think about is if you haven't reached out to build the connection, how could you possibly know what would be valuable to them? How could you possibly know what you could do to support them, right? That would that would rely on you either having access to overhearing what they're talking about or guessing. And so one of the things I really like about what you said is asking a question like, what would you like to do more of? Or even something as explicit as, what can I do to help you? So mm-hmm. that other people can give you that information and then you can decide what do I have available to me as a result of my network or my uh-huh. strengths experiences that I can now provide to you? But if I never have that conversation, how am I supposed to know what support looks like to you? Oh, you're so right. And also in those conversations, so many things come up because we think business, right? We think, oh, I ha- I'm not in this industry, so I can't do this, or I'm too young, or I can't do this. In my networking, I've ended up talking about kids, talking about parenting, talking about uh, lawn care, spouses, (laughs) managing being two people working from home, talking about uh, boss situations, reverse mentorship, wondering what's new and next, and wanting to talk to a 22-year-old who knows more than I do about a lot of things. So I think by just having starting that genuine conversation, you get to know somebody better. And um, just saying, you know, I'd like to talk to you. In my case, it's usually it's business because of career development, but more about what you you're what you're doing or what you do. But on a personal note, like what's going on? How are you? What did you celebrate Mother's Day? What's your family? So I know culturally it depends if you I'm speaking from a US based orientation. So if you have listeners from other parts of the world, every piece of advice I give is very US-based culture. So sometimes it might seem a little odd, but that genuine curiosity, like you said, who doesn't, also who doesn't like feeling like an expert? Exactly. So there's the other flip 
that I can't talk to them, they're an expert versus I'm giving this person an opportunity to be their expert self and feel really good doing it. Exactly. Give them a chance to feel special. I think that is a gift in and of itself. And so can, sorry, I'm hijacking your no, 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 no. podcast, but since we're getting real, what made you be willing to talk to me when I reached out? Because I had this thought, right, if we're playing this out, that you're too accomplished, you're too established, you're too whatever to want to, or too busy, or I'm taking up too much space. And yet you did. And um, in the end, actually, I've been able to give a lot back to you that I never thought I could. But what made you take that initial meeting Uh, with me? I think two things. I think number one is I'm a nosy person. So I love talking to people. I always (laughs) want to talk to, yeah, I'm very curious about other people. And you seemed like you were doing interesting things. And I was like, oh, this is somebody who seems interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to respond. And because a person that I trusted connected us. So I thought Mm -hmm. she must know something. If she was willing to say, you two need to meet, then I was going to listen to her. So I think that's, there's probably implications for that too. When you think about building your network to, um, you know, sort of be, be the matchmaker. And in the case that you were, you've played in, in my world, but also really, ask for matchmaking help too, if you're Mm -hmm. feeling like you're not as comfortable reaching out directly to somebody. Yeah. And that's my building relationship capital tips thing. I was just thinking about it. How do you build up these relationships? So over time, they can sustain you for 20 years and you can reach out to somebody three years from now that you haven't even spoken to, and you'll have that positive relationship and they'll want to help you. But like you're saying, somebody that you both know, even if you're strangers, you kind of come in with that halo effect. Mm-hmm, exactly. Right. exactly. So endorsed, endorsed by the stamp of approval. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and you you sort of mentioned this too of the the sustainability of a relationship because I think sometimes what happens is we muster up all this courage. We have that one conversation, we walk away and we think, well, I can't do that again because now I've gone to that, you know, can't go back to that well. Now they've taken time out of their calendar. I can't be greedy. Like you said, I can't take more Mm -hmm. than one cookie. I can't take more than one time slot from them. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, because you talked about not following through and how, how tied that is to the trustworthiness. I think that we many of us don't do as much as we could to close the loop. So if, for example, you have made some really powerful introductions on my behalf, and if I didn't come back to you and say, hey, thank you for that. Here's what happened. Yes. Right? Like that's going to leave you feeling like you're not getting the the full information and also that maybe you're not fully as fully appreciated as you could be. Right? So So I think when we think about how do we sustain the relationship over time, a perfect opportunity to do that is to keep going back to the person and saying, hey, I took your advice and I want to let you know what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, and and also I, I have it's on my tip sheet if you write to me, but it's what can you sometimes I sit down with and when I'm on my own, just kind of go through my contacts sheet. I'll I'll look on LinkedIn. I know you showed me, Kim, different ways that you can download into an Excel and and sort from LinkedIn that way. 
but, or just thinking through, okay, who, who are these top people and who have I, who, who do I want to get back in connection with or talk to? And then I will go out and curate an article or go find something that I can just send to them to say, came across this article on, you know, chat GPT and um, career development trends thought of you because of X, Y, Z. So I, I have this give to get model, which is what can you give to your network? So, but it takes planning and it takes work. And I think that sometimes, especially in, we're so busy, we're so used to this immediate gratification that really this relationship building is a long game. It takes time, it takes effort. You got to follow up. My son just um, landed a nice PhD program and I coached him. I said, okay, so you need to write in your LinkedIn, the announcement that you're doing it, thank and tag the people that helped you get there. And suddenly he's inundated with 30 people responding, congratulations. And I said, here's a learning opportunity. You're not responding to them. And if you don't, suddenly all this goodwill that you've created, it's like what they took time to respond and you didn't thank them. You So here's how you thank each and every one. Couldn't have done it without you. Thank you for your advice. So really there's times where people think they're closing the loop, but they're not, or they're falling off. So it does take time. And um, I think my best advice for anybody who's listening, because it can seem overwhelming, like, oh, now I have to network and now I have to follow up. It's just pick one thing that's the most comfortable for you of everything we're talking about and try something a little bit new. So rather than five things, like what's one thing you could try? I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a very good point because you can always add if you try to do everything, you will feel overwhelmed and it can, can easily do nothing. Like a, yeah. yeah, exactly. It feels like a second full-time job and then we just freeze and we don't move forward. But if you pick one thing and then it becomes part of your standard routine, then you can add something else later and keep expanding over time. And you've mentioned a couple of times the tip sheet that you have. I want to let everybody listening know that if you reach out to Ingrid, she has generously offered to share that with you. So if you are interested, you can reach out to her. Her in- contact information will be in the show notes. Um, any final thoughts? Because I could talk to you about this all day. I know we could keep going on and on. There's so much here. But any final thoughts? Anything we missed that you would want to share? Yeah. In terms of Anything we missed. I could <laughs> be on for right, a, a marathon. I, I always go back to really paying attention to those thoughts in your head. And if let's say there's something you want to do or somebody you want to reach out to. I go old school, pull out a pen and a piece of paper and just do a thought download. What are all, just write every reason why you don't want to reach out or what's keeping you stuck. And then look at it and, and ask yourself, is this really a fact or is it a thought? A fact is something that's provable in a court of law. It doesn't have any emotion. Everybody would agree no matter what. If it's not a fact, it's a thought and thoughts can be changed. You can change them by starting that growth mindset. I wonder if, I wonder how, I wonder who type questions. And that's a great way to get yourself unstuck. So sometimes when you find yourself stuck, or even after listening to this, if you have your thoughts, there's too many things, or then it's like, I wonder if I just listen to the first 10 minutes and see if there's a tip. Yeah. 
That's a great, I, I think that's a great practice. Um, just get it all out there. Right. And then, because a lot of times we're just accepting at face value that our mm-hmm. thoughts and fears are facts and that they're, mm-hmm. they're not. Um, so Ingrid, where can people find you if they want to connect and learn more? Well, thank you. So right now I've, I've streamlined, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm using my LinkedIn as my website homepage. So please reach out. But if you do not customize your LinkedIn invitation, I won't know that you were one of the listeners. You might feel that you know me better because you've just listened for half an hour, but I have no idea who you are. So please customize an invitation so I know who you are. You can also reach me, Ingrid, at mosaiccareers.com. And that will go directly to, I, I read every single one of those emails and I personally respond. And I think that that's the most streamlined way. And I think mosaic careers because we are all like a mosaic many different pieces that can be put together in new ways to have new patterns and possibilities and all of them are beautiful so there's no one way to put your life together and your career together and i will tell you i've helped and coached and talked to people at all ages or stages of their career there's a woman who was 89 saying i want to figure out what to do next before my 90th birthday So it is standard now to have multiple careers and it's really challenging those stories you're telling yourselves that that is getting in the way and making you feel like you don't deserve or you can't, right? Which is why I love talking to you, Kim, all the time, because our stories about our career is so parallel to us feeling like imposters into our own life um, or imposters into other people's lives. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ingrid. I so appreciate this conversation. So grateful for our relationship and we will have all of your information in the show notes once again, for anybody who's interested. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks so much for listening to the imposter syndrome files. If you would like to continue this conversation in a safe and trusted space, I would love for you to join my virtual discussion group every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. For the past several years, the group has been limited to women, but it is now open, regardless of gender, to anyone who is interested in exploring and troubleshooting common workplace challenges, building better awareness of ourselves and others, and becoming more inclusive allies at work. Check out the show notes for more info on how to find us, and please join us next week for another episode of The Imposter Syndrome Files.